Yes, Lord. Welcome to Season 2 of the Unicorn Club Audio Journal Podcast. Today is November 8th, 2020. And we officially have Biden for president. The entire world celebrated. The entire world. There's this song. I don't know who made it. But I know it's a man. He made the song, and it's called Fuck Donald Trump. Now, there's this girl. She had a microphone, and she was playing the song in her car, uh, driving by Trump supporters. And when I first saw the video, I thought that perhaps the girl made the song up herself. But then I saw it a second time, and I said, oh, a gentleman actually made the song. I think it's hilarious. I meant to look it up on YouTube, (laughs) but I hadn't gotten around to doing it as of yet. So, anyhow, gather yourselves, cousins, gather yourselves, and come on in. Whether you are a new cousin or a day one cousin, welcome, God bless you, and I love you. Anyone that is um, listening in to the Unicorn Club, I call you cousins because I believe that nothing happens by accident. It is all fate. It was designed and meant to be. Something about what I'm saying is the answer to the questions that you have had on your heart. I believe that everyone who is affiliated with the Unicorn Club Audio Journal Podcast is a leader in their own right. Not everyone is a leader. Some people are just followers. But here at the Unicorn Club, we are modern day Jesus. We are the salt of the earth. We do not follow. We have disciples. Okay? We are meant to blaze a trail um, and have other people follow the trail that we've blazed. If you don't know what your purpose is, surely by listening into this podcast, you will have that light bulb aha moment and you will know part of the reason as to why you were born and put on this earth and what you're here to do. I know parts of the reason why I am on this earth and what I'm supposed to be doing. And part of what I am supposed to be doing is be a pastor, but I am not ready. Honestly, I'm not ready. I will one day, but right now I'm not ready. So, let us get into it. Let us get into it. Gather yourselves, cousins. Gather yourselves. So, I have been doing some brainstorming. Um, sporadically throughout the weekend. And I want to start with Judas, what I tell you about. I remember I say that there's a Judas in every camp. Even if you get rid of one, there will be another one who's been lying dormant for the last couple of years in your life. And they've never given you a reason to believe that they are the replacement of the Judas that you had gotten rid of. So for me, it doesn't make sense to even get rid of the Judas. 
Um, you might as well just leave Judas where Judas is at because you know how to handle Judas. You know what Judas will and will not do. It doesn't make sense to get a whole new Judas and have to learn someone all over again. Judas is Judas. They will betray you. That's it. So you know that Judas cannot be trusted. So the things that you hold near and dear to your heart, don't trust Judas with it because Judas is a betrayer, right? So you might as well keep that person right where they are. Don't get rid of them. Just don't trust them with things that are important to you. So I remember having a conversation with Judas and Judas had told me that uh, she's been with the janitor off and on for about seven, eight years. And the entirety of their relationship, the janitor's mom never liked her. So after the pandemic had lifted just a bit, um, Judas and the janitor had gotten back together again. And the mom said, hey, son, listen, that girl does not love you. She's just here because she wants money from you. And, <clears throat> excuse me, Judas never said that wasn't true. And I noticed that Judas never said it wasn't true. So I changed Judas' original name in my phone to Shiesty. And I'm actually going to change it again and put it in as Shiesty Judas. That's what I'm going to do. So she said, oh, you know, I know his mom was saying things about me and I want to know what she said. And it seemed like she wanted to apply pressure to get that particular information. And then I noticed that she got the information, but she kept quiet about it. She kept it to herself. And she doesn't realize that I noticed what she had done. And there's no issue, cousins, with anybody keeping certain things to themselves. I believe that there's certain things you really should just take to your grave and never mention, you know, to anyone because... Um, you can ruin your own reputation in someone's eyes about who you are and the company that you keep because of the things that you say. You can make your children look bad because of the things that you say. You can make your family members or your spouse or your neighbor or your supervisor look bad because of what you say. So you do have to be mindful of the things that you say. The next thing I knew, she kind of disappeared and reappeared again. And it turned out that she had spent the weekend rolling around in the bed with him. Which is another thing that I noticed that Judas does. Disappears. Judas says... She's not going to do something, and then she turns around and she does the very thing that she just said she was not going to do. But she disappears when she does it. I said to myself, how could she, how, what's the matter? Like, why? Why would she be so insistent in 
expressing what she's not going to do, but then turn around and do something else. What she says and what she does is two completely different things. And it would seem confusing, but it's really not. She just doesn't want anybody to understand who she is. She can understand who you are, which is typical of Judas. She can understand your capacity of thinking, what you're going to do and say before you do it and say it, which is typical of Judas. But she doesn't want you to do that to her. So it's just a, a like a, a ploy, like a smokescreen, which is typical of Judas. You got to remember the, the name Judas does mean betrayer. But the point of it all is I noticed how, and this is not new, I noticed how Judas just keeps quiet about certain things. And again, it's not a problem that she keeps certain things to herself. I think she should. I'm just saying that I noticed it. I noticed it. So then we go to the gypsy girl. And I noticed that Gypsy still was not being transparent. And but, um, I'm looking at um, <laughs> YouTube Relentless Church and I'm like losing my train of thought. But anyway, it's not new. Her, in, her unwillingness to be completely transparent is not new. And... She keeps a whole lot of things to herself, whereas she's not transparent with me and I'm transparent with her. And I've decided to change that up a little bit, but she doesn't mention a whole lot of things. So then we get to the one whom I told you, we're going to call her Miss Vain. She's completely vain about her looks. And I'm quite sure, you know, we've all met someone at some point in time in our lives who were just fascinated by their own looks. And they believe that everyone on the planet should also be as fascinated as they are about their own looks. They're completely arrogant and conceited and and all of these things based off of their looks. There are some people, I will say, that are really just so beautiful. It's like looking at an angel. And then there are some people who are just good looking. Then there's some people you go, oh, he's handsome. Oh, she's pretty. And then there's the knots. For me, she is not as attractive as she tries to get other people to believe. When I look at her, I don't see an angel. There's this one man who played football. What's his name? Hernandez. Anthony Hernandez. Aaron Hernandez. Something. He, they did a documentary on him, and he had gone to um, the penitentiary for um, murder. And I believe he, by the end of the documentary, if I remember correctly, the gentleman had um, committed suicide. Now, when I looked at that man, I saw he was so beautiful. He looked like an angel. It was like looking 
and an angel. That I can say. But as far as Miss Vane, I don't, I don't see it. Like the the way that she makes herself seem, I don't, I don't buy it. Like I don't see that. And I think that she just puts it all in her own head, really, honestly. So anyhow, like if I saw her on the street, I wouldn't look twice at her. And as I'm not saying that because I know her. I'm just saying that because I just find it to be basic. So anyhow, somehow, someway, she's still vain. So, what's the matter? That's the topic of this podcast. What's the matter? What is the matter? With Judas, what is the matter? With Gypsy, what is the matter? With Miss Vane, what is the matter? What's the matter? So, something, a pattern that I've noticed with Miss Vane is... First of all, she wants me to reach out to her more often than what I do. And that'll never happen. And she expressed it to me indirectly instead of... As opposed to being a woman and just coming to me and saying, hey, I noticed you only contact me once. Uh, You only contact me four times out of the year. Why is that? What she did instead was give me like an indirect hint, making it seem like she had a problem with somebody else when it really was about me. And I thought it was kind of odd. Because I was saying to myself, I never knew that you wanted my attention so much. And I never knew, cousins, because of the way that she treated me. I didn't know that it bothered her. I really didn't. And I think that she had her fiancé believing that we had a friendship that we really did not have. I don't know if it was all in her head. Or if she was just controlling his perception of who she is or who she wanted to pretend to be. And I don't know why she included me into her plans. I also don't know why she did not take me into consideration. Meaning, did she even bother to ask herself if I wanted to be part of her plan? Did she ever ask herself, do I think the same way that she thinks? When it comes to a friendship, the level of the friendship, I don't... It's clear that she never took me into consideration. It's just very flooring to me how someone could want me in their life but yet treat me badly. It's flooring for me to see that people want to keep me in their lives but yet they want to manipulate me into being in their lives. And so I decided that with Miss Vane that 
even though she's getting married this month, I want to see if she would take a moment to take a step back from being vain and take me into consideration. And her response was going to be, it was go her response was going to help me make a definitive decision. So, I wanted to see if she would, I wanted to see if she would initiate a phone call. Since she's so interested in me calling her as if I'm a man that needs to pursue her, I wanted to see how much she would pursue me. I wanted to see how much she would come out of her vanity and consider someone else, consider me. I wanted to see what she was going to do. Now, I said, I'm going to reach out to her through Facebook. So inappropriate. And I want to see if she's going to be a woman and make a woman's decision. So I reached out to her and said, hey. Well, she, she contacted me and said, I'm just checking in to see how you're doing. And what she should not have done through Facebook, she should have. Uh, text or called, but I knew I know that she's looking for my attention. She's looking for some spiritual counseling, but she's too prideful to ask me for it. She wants me to to offer it, and I'm not going to. My answer is no. So I responded back to her and I said, "Yeah, there's a madman running around this quiet neighborhood, you know, trying to chop ninjas up with axes, and." I'm just going through a lot right now, and I'm considering going to, admitting myself into an asylum. Left it just like that, tribe. And what did she do? Reply on Facebook. Instead of picking up the phone and calling. She should have said, no, man. Such a strong person? An asylum? No, 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 no. She should have picked up the phone. She should have been on the next thing smoking to New York. She should have done a FaceTime. Something. She did not. She replied on Facebook. And this is why I think that we're not really friends. But she'll go and tell her fiance that we're these ace boom coon friends. We're as thick as thieves. But her actions say something completely different. It was such an inappropriate response from her. But I'm not surprised. She'll only say congratulations. So that she doesn't look like a hater. But she really doesn't even give a fuck. She don't mean it. She's not happy for anyone but herself. She's the one that has one set of rules in her singleness with her children and has a completely different set of rules in a relationship. I've watched her be a complete mama bear over her children when she was single. Now that she's in a relationship, it's, you guys are grown. You have to make a life for yourself, and I'm mama, and I have to have my own life too. Now go on and get.
But it wasn't like that when you were single. <laughs> I laugh because, you know, people are quite interesting. I remember when I was in college, I took psychology one-on-one. And the professor says, you know, people do different things during different times. It depends on what the situation is. Some people carry themselves one way when they have money. And when they're broke, they carry themselves in a humble way. And I kept that in mind over the years. And I see what it is that he's talking about. And the number one change that I notice of people, it, it, the number two changes that I've noticed of people is things they do when they're in a relationship versus not in a relationship and things people do when they have money versus when they don't have money. When people have money, they want to change their friends. When they're broke, they want to change their friends. They want to be around people that they feel is broke as well. <laughs> You know, you got to learn the lesson without the emotional attachment. Like, re you really do. Because if you are emotionally attached to circumstances and situations and people, places and things, you will always be mad. Your feelings will always be hurt. You will always take things personally. You will always be offended. You'll always feel rejected. You'll always feel abandoned. When a lot of the things that people do, it truly has nothing to do with you. Then some of the things that people do is a result or a consequence to your actions. You just have to pay attention to determine which one it is. And really, you should uh, ask the person, did I do something to hurt you or offend you or whatever? Just so that you can be sure and be prepared to be able to handle that answer because it will probably something it will probably be something that will bruise your ego or hurt your pride I personally don't like to leave people with a bad taste in their mouth about me but there's other people who never thought of it that way and I find that it comes from people who are older than I am that they never thought of it that way. So, we go back to the topic. What's the matter? What's the matter, Miss Bain? What's the matter, Gypsy? What's the matter, Judas? What's the matter? People deal with things internally that they don't even realize is there until it is pointed out to them. And then it kind of hits them like a ton of bricks. And it's on their mind, you know, for days at a time. And when people deal with internal things, whether they know about what's troubling them or they don't realize what's troubling them. They treat people accordingly to their traumas. And for that reason, 
I do not judge people. I don't judge people anyway. But I don't judge people for acting out of traumatic experiences. There are people who know that they are wrong because of their pride. They will never admit that they are wrong. And in turn, they will never clear the air. They will just carry on, sweep it up under the rug and pretend as if nothing had ever happened. That's dysfunctional. That's not normal. That's, it's dysfunctional and it's abusive. And I say that because they really hadn't taken how they've made you feel into consideration. They only take their own guilty conscience into consideration. But the guilt doesn't weigh that heavy on them to where they'll say to themselves, okay, I'm going to clear the air. What's the matter? The problem is bad communication skills. People know how to open their mouths about the things that they want to open their mouths about. But when it comes to opening their mouths to doing what is just or doing what is right, somehow they become a mute. What's the matter? So, here is what I am coming to the conclusion of. And I want to end this with the turn of 2020. In a few weeks, 2020 ends and we'll be in 2021. And when 2020 ends, I want for this particular situation to end as well. But within myself, not like I, the only person that I can control is myself. And I teach people how to treat me. And I treat people the way that I treat myself. The same way that I protect my money is the same way that I protect those that I love. I don't think that I will ever get that in return from any human being, but I definitely will get above and beyond that concept from God. Period. So here's my conclusion as we conclude 2020. Because I am aware that people react and respond from a place of traumatic experiences, I don't judge them. Because I know that I am surrounded by a group of childish adults, I do not hold their actions towards me against them.
they're not really, they're not intentionally trying to be a nuisance or a burden in my life. They actually like me. They actually want my attention. They actually want to be in my presence. They actually care about me. Even though their behavior says something completely different. But at the core of their actions, I see the truth. So don't particularly hold their actions against them. At the same time, I do not want to be surrounded by childish adults. I believe that God has given us all free will to choose, and I choose to make the best of the decisions that I can make for myself with this one life that I have to live. And I want to be around mature adults that are not petty, that are not tit for tat, that are not, that don't have displaced anger, that are not dysfunctional, that do not take accountability for their actions, that think about other people before they make the type of decisions that they make when it involves someone else. I don't want to be around people like this. I don't want to bring them to a place of maturity. If they don't listen to what I'm saying when I talk, when I talk my talk and learn from it and adjust from it, then that's on them. It could be because they're not ready. It could be because they don't want to. It could be because they don't want to take a closer look at themselves and really see themselves. It could just be the Karyos moment is not now. The bottom line for me is I'm moving and I'm moving forward and I'm progressing and I'm changing my life for the better. There's two things, three things Sorry, there's three things that I want in this lifetime. The first thing is God. The second thing is happiness. And the third thing is peace. God, happiness, and peace. Love will come. Because love comes in many forms. And... I don't get to choose the type of love that I want, you know, from a particular person. I have to accept their love language is what it is. I have no control over it. I have no authority over it. I can't change it. That's the level of love that they have in their hearts is exactly what God had placed within them. There's nothing that I can do about it. And I really don't want to change the love that God had placed in them. God put that there for a reason. Who am I to want to change what God placed in somebody? So love is not on the list because 
It is what it is. The love language is what it is. What I won't accept is abusive love. That's a boundary. That's a deal breaker. I'm not accepting abusive love. I don't have to. My free will says I don't have to. My self-esteem says, girl, you don't have to. My self-confidence says, girl, tell them goodbye. The love that I have for myself says I deserve more than to sit and accept abusive love. I don't have to take it. I don't have to. And I could truly say that even though I'm surrounded by psychopaths, even though I'm surrounded by childish adults, even though I'm surrounded by selfish people, I have love in some form, some shape, or some fashion. Their love language is clearly not my love language. Clearly. My love language is to care, to be selfless, to do what's just, to be non-judgmental. When I hug someone, they can feel that love energy radiating from off of me and onto them. They say, oh, your, your hugs feel good. That feels good. When I see someone that I hadn't seen in a long time and I actually like that person, I get excited. Like, yes, I get to see you. I get to be around you. Yes. And the people always say, you know, that felt good. Yeah, that, that's my love language. That's not other people's love language. And, and it's fine. There's nothing wrong. So anyhow, cousins, I've been thinking about French toast for about 35 minutes now. French toast and bacon, and I'm going to go and make some. <laughs> it's still the morning here in these New York streets. So I'm going to go have myself some breakfast. I just wanted to come on and share this with you guys in hopes that you have learned much and gleaned much. If you see yourself in anything that I've said, just say ouch and make the adjustments. It may not be today, it may not be tomorrow, it may not even be next year, but make the adjustments. If you're on the receiving end, like I'm on the receiving end, just make the adjustments. You can still say, ouch. All you have to do is make the adjustments. Learn the life lesson without the emotional attachment. Understand what's the matter. Shalom, cousins. Until next time.